You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. Joining me on the other line for our weekly show is Mr. Tony East. He is the man of too many titles. Tony, we're watching this Pacer game live. It's about 5.35 left. How are the Pacers even winning this game at this moment? I really can't believe they're even up. My goodness, they were so bad from that stretch in the second quarter. They couldn't score at all. Uh, but their defense has actually been pretty good, uh, as been, has been uh, the case in a lot of games recently. Only giving up 83 with 5.20 to go. Um, and without Kyrie, it's been easier to stop the Celtics, who currently have Marcus Smart earning the point every possession. We're doing this live, watching the game live and recording our podcast we did last week. This time, we're, we're at, like, like I said, I mean, it's about 5-10 left in the Celtics-Pacers game. We're not synced up, and Tony was about five seconds ahead of me. We are close enough <laughs> where we'll be able to, to see the action at the same time. So we'll see how this goes. We're going to do this for about, let's say, the end of game, and we'll kind of go into our weekly preview, of course. Well, it's a timeout. Our first topic, then, is uh, Darren Collison. So he returned. Collison returned on Friday against the Hawks. He had 17 points. He looked really, really good. Collison, this game has been, you know, Okay. Uh, he had that half court three points <laughs> shot, two points, but he, he's got 10 assists, which is kind of Darren Collison fashion. Um, anything you've seen from Collison that you, I don't know, been like excited to see? Uh, so before I answer that question, I believe we have someone else on the line. Okay. Well, I was trying to keep it a quiet, but behind me right now is my girlfriend, <laughs> Rena Guerra. She's on the line. She might interrupt occasional moments, but we'll see what she says. She's, doesn't like to talk about the Patriots because know that much about them, but we'll see. I'm respectful. You can talk to her right there. Okay. Marino, how do you feel about Darren Carlson's return? You're excited, correct? I'm so proud of him. <laughs> That's the kind of uh, superlatives we're going to get, these very uh, cliche statements probably from Marino. Cutting, cutting edge analysis. Um, but yeah, against- she's going to get kind of these, these cliches. <laughs> yeah, against the Hawks, uh, I liked what I saw from Collison. Uh, he had that crazy awesome three at the buzzer of the first quarter. He didn't miss a shot in the first half. Um, he didn't. He just didn't look like he was ever injured, which I was really pleased with. And he actually ran well with the second unit, and I might have been too quick on this, so I know Ryan's going to listen. Uh, he said something about how he wants D.C. to play with the second unit, and I was quick to bash that. But I, uh, I'm, I'm coming around to that being not the worst idea ever. But anyway, um, yeah, he's looked good with the ball. He's passing it well today. Uh, he shot well against the Hawks, and he he doesn't look like he was injured, even though he's only playing 20 minutes a game. So uh, hopefully Nate eases him back in appropriately, and I think he's going to start uh, on Tuesday. So I'm I'm happy with how he looks so far. So he's played 24 minutes right now. Um, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do next was about him starting and not starting. So I, in the same way that they played really well that weekend when they played Milwaukee twice and the Wizards with Joseph in the starting lineup, but then they also had like three of – worst games of the season but three pretty awful games against the hawks against the mavs and against the jazz with also just in the starting lineup so i'm kind of torn between and it also depends is how much joe's with vic i think that's kind of where his strength is is when joseph when uh Carlson plays with vic it's like vic becomes an even better player than where you kind of want to be but i i guess i'm i'm open to the idea of Carlson at least playing with the second unit more than he was before the injury yeah, it kind of makes the team more balanced, you know, because they just have they finally have that like reliable creator because Lance has been not very good recently. 
And Corey is making a lot of sense with the first unit with his defense. Uh, what just happened on this inbounds play? Miles Turner just uh, got the ball taken from him on a terrible pass. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, I, I it just would make some sense because of how the defense looks with Corey in the starting five. Um, and but I do like what you said about how Vic does better with Collison because that was my counterpoint. Is like. It's really what do you want? Do you want a nice balance of offense and defense, or do you want the offense to be as high powered as possible and the defense to just be okay? Probably talk about that too right now. Is it's just how bad Lance was? Oh my god! I mean, going on almost. I mean, he was really bad against Dallas. He was uh, Lance against. He was okay against the Hawks. He played mediocre on the weekend, and then he was really bad Wednesday against the Jets. I guess going on two weeks now. Um, he's just been so so bad, and it. You know, I, I'm doing an article for any cornrows on Lance right now, so I've been kind of doing some research. Win-loss split, so he's like a minus five when they lose games, but he's like a minus one when they win games. It's just like when they lose, it's Ooh, not because of him, but he's so bad. bad. Sorry. Yeah, well, his impact is when he's like, when he's actually hitting his shots, just his antics and energy are so huge, but he's had nothing going for him recently, and it's just been awful. Yeah, and it, it he's such a ball. But like... Collison out. They basically had to run Lance as the point guard on the bench unit, and that was just disastrous because he doesn't move the ball in any way. He doesn't get like an offense flowing in any way. He's sort of just like, give me the ball, I'm going to go to the rim and hopefully draw a defender and make a pass. can be a little better because he's off the ball more. Yeah, for sure, and he's not a bad spot-up shooter, so I like that role. Uh, Turner just played some awesome defense on Tatum, by the way. Um, loved that. And also the set they're about yeah, to run. Yeah, Tony, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I'm behind you because my podcast keeps freezing, so we're just oh. going to play it. Uh, well, Turner is about to hit a, a beautiful jumper out of the pick and pop off that set where they start with. So Vic. actually, I might be ahead of you, actually. Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm ahead of you. My bad. I'm wrong with this. I hit live a mistake, so I think I'm ahead of you now, actually. I'm at 314 on the clock. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> ahead of you. Sorry about that. I, realized, I thought I was behind you. because so far ahead. So Wait, uh, like really far ahead. Wow, that's kind of surprising. Twenty seconds ahead. Well, I'm I'm gonna pause right now, and you let me know when Bojan <laughs> gets fouled, and I will jump back onto my cast. Sorry for all listening up there. But as we were saying uh, about Lance, though, Lance riveting content today. <laughs> I know. I, it's just a, we're testing this out. We tried it out last fouled. week. He just got fouled. Dry. Just... All right, I'll hit play again. <laughs> we'll be closer to synced up. But uh, actually, you want to hit Maz a little bit is. <laughs> he's been really good recently really I, I've been good. actually really impressed with Turner really good on off well it's been mostly that his offense is good and we were talking in the 8.9 seconds group chat today that his his rim protection has been better but his blocks have been down and I think he's just like staying home more and not going for the crazy block all the time even though he's had a couple nice ones on Baines in this game and um, you know he he's uh, he's just he's like he's the pick and pops working it was really good against the Jazz he was 10 of 14, I think, shooting in that game. He was stretching Gobert out, which we said would be the key to the game, except they just couldn't make a dang three. Um, and yeah, you know, we'll hit the Utah, you want to hit the Utah game now, or you want to hit it later? Um, I think we can go. I'll just we'll just blend it now because that was his best game, too. Because when when he was on Gobert, he was abusing whatever guard was guarding him in the post, too. And he was, he was, you know, he was doing all the stuff we wanted him to do all year, the whole game. And that's the first time he's done it over an entire game. He was the only plus on the team. Yeah, and I actually thought against Gobert, he actually oh. took it to him. Yeah. What is this? Marcus Smart just only shoots right well now with the Pacers stuff. I know he he has seventeen points right now. I think okay. against the Pacers was he went he shot like nine of ten in their game in December. They lost. I mean, he's just been awesome. He can't. Oh, oh Vic! Vic. Oh. That Vic 
That was Marina screaming in the background. Look at that. No, but I thought, yeah, I thought Turner against the Jazz really actually took it to Gobert. I know Gobert really played well, but he, the first time against the center, I thought, oh my God. Freaking Marcus Smart. Come <laughs> on, oh, Marcus Lord. Smart banked oh, a three. No. All right, we're going to, let's pause this Jazz conversation. Can we, Marcus Smart, what the hell is him in the Pacers? <laughs> everything. Marcus oh Smart God. is the Pacers killer. It is crazy. It is really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to win this game on Vic doing amazing stuff. Let's oh, my God. No. This is going to come down to the end of it. Every but game we do every game we do this for is a good game. Oh, I don't think that was a foul. I don't like that call. Yeah. It, it, in most of these games come down to these, this Vic isolation play, some maybe pick, pick and roll kind of thing. Can Vic get to the rim and score, pull his jumper off? Um, I, uh, something else random from this game that I noticed. Uh, I smart. Glenn Robinson's actually moving around and like playing really well on defense and cutting and not standing in the corner the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's what you expect, right? He's now, is this like game six and he returned? Yeah. Seven? Yeah. Then seven or six. So like it's finally the time where he starts sort of playing for real sort of in some sense. Yeah, he had a really, really good defensive possession where he almost caused a backcourt violation and forced a shot clock violation. So, ooh, Tatum almost misses both. Uh, all right, three-point game with a minute 30. This is a good one. Uh, I am intrigued that Corey Joseph is in. Yeah, so we... With no Kyrie, That I don't know why that intrigues me. I, th- I guess Collison ha- was hurt recently, but I might go with the ball. Most of the time. I mean, just in general, yeah. before even... Oh, he's got the steam. Beautiful by Vic Oladipo with a beautiful finish. That was awesome. He has really turned it around the second half because he was not good in the first half, but he's been huge in the second. No, half. but he's been. It seems like it's always that way. Last time they won in Boston, they had a huge lead and blew it, and then he had a great end of game. But it seems like against Boston, they're at least when the last when they played him in December, they're down big, make a huge comeback, take the lead, and then it's, it's all Vic in the last five minutes of games almost. Yeah, he has really shown up in the last five of this game and. Uh, this TV timeout gives us an opportunity to talk about that jazz game a little bit. Uh, I talked a lot about how on the game recap, how I think that's kind of going to be the, the strategy to beat this Pacers team in the playoffs is like, they just baited them into so many mid rangers and they hedged really high on threes. So they were all tough and contested and, you know, they had Rudy Gobert defending the rim and obviously no other team has Rudy Gobert, but I mean, that's that's how you you beat the Pacers. I mean, they're not going to shoot that poorly from three every game, but they they had them shooting the shot selection that you want your opponent to shoot. I think that was just one of the um, – we saw against my – I think January, I looked it up, January 10th, and they went yeah, one of the yeah. team from three. That was awful. Like, I think they just happened. They just – these Pacers have these games where they just shoot, like, just almost comically bad from three. They play a bad game. I mean, it, it happens. So I don't – I think reading too much into the strategy of the Pacers because – Right, if the Pacers end up shooting, let's say, like eight of twenty-three from three, which is like thirty percent. No, uh, I agree. I, but I think it's like, I don't know, like one of fifteen. I know that there's like obviously some variance there, but I feel like the Jazz were forcing a lot of misses. Like it's not like it was just like complete luck. I mean, it there was some. Oh, Rozier with a clutch shot. Wow. Uh, um, all right, so minute oh five, Vic's bringing up the ball. What are we thinking? What? Miles Turner sets we, the pick. Oh, Bojan sets the pick. Oh, Bojan. They're going to do that double screen no play they ran for Paul George a lot no. last year. Now Bojan's going to flare when Miles Turner pops out. Oh, or Victor's going to go one on one. Oh, what a move! No! Oh, he missed it. What a move! Wow, this is quite the game. The TD Garden better be on their feet for this. Oh, so this I, is probably the 
This is why I'm glad. This is the best, most uh, glad I am that Kyrie's not on the court because he would, he's the killer here. Oh, what? D at the rim. Oh, foul. On, that was a foul. That was a foul, I think. I think they got him. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I guess if you foul anybody. Boyan has been cooked by Tatum time and time again. My goodness. That's well, like, yeah, Tatum. I mean, it's like an obvious matchup. Time. It's like the fourth or fifth time this game that I've noticed it. That's wild. I can't believe him. He missed one just a second ago. Let's see. No. <laughs> Money. Gosh, right, so even if he ties his game, we still got Vic with the ball. I don't like, like the timing here good. because it's pretty clear with the timing that Boston's going to get the last shot. Well, fast. Yeah, I don't think they will, but they could. No, I'm sure <laughs> I could see a Vic pull up really fast. No. Oh, Tatum. We almost saw Tatum miss. We have tied. It got to be a timeout here. Yep. Okay. Um, but yeah, that jazz game was just disappointing all over though. I mean, you, you're probably right that a lot of it was just a bad shooting game. I just loved the jazz game plan overall and thought that, you know, that's something that other teams will probably try to replicate. An outlier game. They might've been tired. They just looked, they just looked bad. Like they were just, they looked bad. It's just what happens every so often. Yes. And David Locke, let me hear about it, which was fun. (laughs) Hi David. If you're listening. I mean, uh, and so I mean, the Jazz are one thing; they're really well coached. So, like, when you yes. play bad, it's like it's like it it seems even more obvious in almost sense because they're so well coached that every little thing you do amplified times ten. Ultimately, yeah. the way they they recover against the Hawks, they're playing well tonight. Like, it's it's just something that just happened. Like, it happens every so often. Yeah, I don't have the number, but I think Vic was six and nineteen in that game, and uh, you know, he's. He's turned it around, and the Celtics game was pretty good against the Hawks, but uh, that game continued uh, some struggles for him, but I think he's coming out of it a little bit. I don't know if that's because of Collison coming back or just hilarious coincidence, but um, I don't really want to judge him being, quote-unquote, back shooting the ball better until we see him and Collison share the floor more. Yeah, I mean, he was 7-9 against the Hawks. You never number 6-19, and 19, so good yes. job on that. Uh, tonight he's 10-20 of 20 right now. That's fine. Uh, well, my so we now got with 90, 95 all. 36 and a half to go. Here we, this is a crazy possession. <laughs> Wait, Collison, <laughs> Joseph, and Vic. Wow. Interesting. All right. So I'm pro, so I hit live, but you're going to be really excited in a second. <laughs> okay. Adam's cheating. It keeps freezing on me, Marina. I don't know what to do. <laughs> Mine froze and I still have no idea what's happening. So I was just hoping yours didn't. Oh, he's got Morris. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I told so you. Behind. Yeah, you're behind us. Sorry about that. Um, well, mine just but Turner froze. Hey, man, that, that'll shut up at least 10 Turner haters for like a week. That's all, <laughs> I, that's all I care about. I, so, what, so when you, I don't understand when Turner got this kind of post game. Um, yeah, he's been really good at down there since the All-Star break, uh, including that jazz game with Gobert even had some nice ones. Uh, yeah. I don't know when he got this, but he's doing it like every game now. Like this is actually the first time the Pacers ran a play from the end of a game. Like they had, they told them this is, you're going to have the matchup. We're going to give it to you. It, it, they never do that. They just never do that. So maybe it's just a confidence thing is why he's playing so well on the post. So I, I, I got to one of the inbounded. I'm going to do that play by play. That's okay. I can't believe Turner shushed the crowd. <laughs> You know what? He's because he's developing into a that, that's a baller yeah. move. That is such a baller move. 
Eight of thirteen yeah. for nineteen yeah. points. Wow. They got the rebound. Turner forced the block, by the way, on, on yeah. Rozier and Boyan or nope, I think Corey just got fouled with eleven seconds left. That's all right. That's good. Give I know. Me that look. You're you're really behind, right? Yeah, it's fine. I'm not I'm not gonna keep up try to pretend like I'm keeping up anymore. Mine froze at the worst time. Tony Our con our content yeah. dying in the riveting stuff. Yeah. So we got 97-95 Pacers lead, 11 seconds left. I believe Joseph was fouled. So he has two free throws. I wish Boyan got fouled. I just saw that he threw it to Boyan at the last second. Uh, Boyan, we, we were going to talk about him. That's an easy transition. Still on fire. Uh, little updates from last time, right? He's just absolutely killing it. I guess the Jazz game, we said he stunk. But my goodness, has he been – he killed it against the Hawks, and he's killing it tonight too. Yeah, I mean the Jazz game was a bad game for him, but he saw thir- even his badness. He had thirteen points. He's you cursed him with your Joe Ingles comment. Yeah, you know what? I, that was such a throwaway comment, and like, <laughs> of course, it was like one podcast David listens to, and the Jazz and like, came at us, dude. I enjoy the controversy, and any publicity is good publicity for a guy like me who is <laughs> just trying to make his name in the game. I'm cool, He's to- but uh. No, but but Bojan, what's been really good recently, is he's been getting to the rim and getting fouled. Yeah. So like, he I think he shot eight free throws against Milwaukee, six against the Jazz. I mean, he's like, even when he's not oh, he going, he's both. Oh, you're ahead of me. God damn it. He missed both. Excuse my language. <laughs> he missed both, but then they got the no. rebound and then it got fouled. No, no, no. I no. You're off. I'm sorry. Excuse my language. I think they weren't in the bonus yet, Tony. Oh, oh. Well, there we go. That makes sense. Now Vic's going to shoot free throws, which is a lot better than Corey. Uh, there we go. Nails the first. God dang it. This, this is stressing me out. What's the sub they just did? Thad? For who? Oh, probably Bojan. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that move. Uh, yeah, defensive group. Corey, Vic, Thad, Miles. No, Vic, it doesn't matter. You don't have to worry about defense. Yeah, you do. They're going to shoot right away. Yeah, they got to go a whole length of the court, right? Yeah. Ooh, all right. Here we go. Let's see what the plan is. I don't know what Stevens drew. Wow, they threw it into Smart. That surprises me. I would let him shoot, Vic. I wouldn't even worry about it. Okay, there's Marcus Smart that we know and love. He missed I think, it. Yeah, I think Boyan right. dribbled out of bounds. Yeah, he did. Wow. That's Celtics ball. So Boyan got the rebound, listeners, and dribbled out of bounds. Under three seconds to go, though. Really, the Pacers, <laughs> so just, have to not, really the Pacers just have to not okay. foul. So they they won this. Wait. Oh, lamp is good. By, uh, Jason Tatum with one and a half seconds to go. Just throw the ball as high as you can. It's really oh, my gosh. Wait, what? Wait, what just happened? I think they just called a foul on somebody. Adam, you jinxed them. Adam might have just blown this. You said they won, and now they're not going to win. I don't know what just happened. Did Marcus? Oh, oh, they. Knock on wood, and you Marcus, didn't do it. Marcus Morris just flop cityed, and they blew the whistle. So, so did they shoot free throws on that or no? I don't know what's about to happen. Vic is a uh, wow. That's a horrible call. Oh is my god. Biased or is it? Actually- no, no, that's a horrible call. I just saw the replay. That is a trash call. Are you kidding me right now? Did that really just happen? 
Good thing at home. It's got to happen. He just flopped that so hard. Tony, this is so stressful. I know. <laughs> Free basketball. I want it. This is this is like uh, somehow like, worse. This is like somehow worse than the Terry Rozier one. Are they like checking to see if this is flagrant or something? Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> what are they looking at? I don't know. Are they going to call a flagrant foul here? But isn't it still our ball that's flagrant? Wait, can I ask, what does that mean? Flagrant, so a flagrant foul, foul is like technical. Technically. Uh, free throw and the ball. Touch it. Basketball in fifth grade. So can I they just overturn the call then? I don't know what's happening. This is awful. Can they see that they messed up and overturned this? You didn't even mean to. Oh. Yeah, I don't even know what can happen here. No, he's just putting his hand up to say, like, let's go. Uh... All right. Well, this is a good game, I guess, to be doing this for, I guess. This is a good – what is this situation? Does that happen in pro basketball? You just lose all your manliness and you're like, oh, my God, he hit me in the face. I have to fall down now. <laughs> Um, I, great commentary, by the way. This is what we need: the the fan perspective or the not fan perspective. I don't even. <laughs> know. I'm not a fan. I don't know what I'm talking about. But she is right. Like, like, what kind of tough guy flops at the end of games to win a game? He has a shoe contract. He gets slapped in the face and he falls down. Yeah, I really, I really want to know face. what they're reviewing here. I really don't understand what they're reviewing. Never mind. You and they still haven't made a decision yet. So this means they made one yet. This is very stressful right now. I'm sorry. I'm trying to diffuse tension. Oh, boy. Here we go. So they didn't, all, all right. right. Pacers win. Pacers win. Oh, Whew. thank God. <laughs> Ooh, that was scary. I didn't jinx them. That was <laughs> really stressful. That got um, as intense as it could be. Yeah, they threw it into Smart for a buzzer beater. Or for, sorry, Rozier for a buzzer beater. He did not make it. And then a ton of contact on the floor, but no foul called anyway. <laughs> People fall. Wait. People falling over everywhere. <laughs> oh, we got a t we got a tussle. Of course, we got a tussle on the court. Yes, this is what I watch for. This is like hockey. Well, Thad's trying to help Marcus us. Marcus is happy. Smart. It's a wait. What's going on right now? Marcus what? Smart is unhappy. Trying to help, but Marcus Smart. That was trying to help him up. Did you see that? That reach yeah. form is like all air in my hand. Everybody love everybody. That was such a. That was the most trash everything ever. What happened here? All right. Good D by Kojo, no foul. And then, oh, Thad just runs over Marcus Smart. <laughs> yeah. but, the, but the clock oh, ran out. Oh, that was not cool by Thad. Well, he ran over Marcus Morris, who ran over Smart, right? I like it. I, I think Thad was trying to throw his Morris to the ground because he was mad at him for <laughs> flopping, but then he got Smart unintentionally. That was Love just it. the lamest thing that's ever happened. Yeah, all right. Well, they that's pulled that one out. Should we take a quick break and then come back and do our like normal show? <laughs> yes, we should. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna pause for a second, but we'll be back on the, the other side of this. All right, welcome back in. Uh, if you were listening, obviously that first segment that long, I don't know how long we went, probably twenty minutes, give or take. Pacers pull it out, Tony. Uh, that was <laughs> that was a terrible ending. Uh, that was a they called horrible it, ending. That that flagrant call was. Was oh they didn't call a play, but the foul call was just terrible. And then what was it? Thad took out Marcus Morris, who then took out Marcus Smart. Oh, uh, I don't know. All of that was just bad. But if you're listening to that first half, it was that first part of this podcast. It was probably a little weird, and but we want to know what you think about it because I don't know. We're trying out something new. That was probably a little weird because we were off on our 
on our timing and everything, but I thought it, you got some good reactions at the end of that game because that was a that was a crazy ending. I would like you guys to tweet at us and let us know what you think about these live things. Also, while we have the opportunity, because the Cavs game is not over, the Pacers are third in the East. What's yeah. the what's what, what's the Cavs score right now? Uh, they're playing the Lakers. Um, I don't have the score up right now, but I just looked it up. They are losing by six in the second quarter. So, so Pacers could be in sole third place. Could be in sole third place as you as you're listening. That's crazy. That is so crazy. And it's always, remember, Marina is here, so she'll be adding some commentary to the show as we go. Um, so, <laughs> like, in our like first segment, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Our first segment, up. <laughs> our first segment, uh, we hit a little bit of Darren, Darren Collison, a little bit of the Utah game. Uh, just like a quick recap on that, as Collison tonight, just to hit him, had he still finished 24 minutes, but only two points is what I got. Nope, yeah, that's the wrong game, but remember, two points in 24 minutes. <laughs> oh, two, but <laughs> But but had ten assists. Sorry, I'm I have like nine box scores up. I was trying to find it. Uh, you know, I, that was that was interesting. But uh, I thought you know I'm encouraged by the way he looks. You think he's going to start Wednesday though? I do Wednesday. I think he, or Tuesday. You Tuesday. Mean, right? My bad. Tuesday. They're yeah. every other. Yes, I do think he's going to start Tuesday as they trudge into this uh, really hard week. I think that they're going to try to make him uh, back on his thirty minute a game life. So. We should probably talk about this. So Vic finished the game with 27 points. He, again, I think we determined he outplayed Kyrie because Kyrie only played 16 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. You're definitely right in this one. <laughs> so for, for previous listeners, Tony and I had a lively debate that ended me texting him, shut up or something mean like that. I don't remember. They're <laughs> like novels that whole day. Oh, yeah, but uh, that I said Vic had outplayed Kyrie, and it is now officially true because they were tied. Let's say they played three times because the first time the Pacers played, Vic didn't play, so that's fine. They were tied because Kyrie won the first time and Vic won the second time, and then this time they both played. Even though I know Kyrie's hurt a little bit, Vic outplayed him. But the Kyrie injury, in just one sense too, is important to remember because the Pacers could play the Celtics if they remain the three seed, they yeah. remain the two seed in the playoffs, and if Kyrie is kind of like sort of like this damage he is right now, like almost like he was in the playoffs, I think two years ago. The Celtics are pretty dang vulnerable in the playoffs. Yeah, certainly. They certainly are. Uh, they got Brad Stevens, though. So Yeah, but if they don't have Kyrie, what do they have? Brad. Brad. <laughs> They're playing Marcus Smart as their starting point guard, who, yes, I know he's the pacer killer so far, but like I'm not scared of Marcus Smart in a seven-game series. Yeah, I mean, he's without Kyrie. He'll be there. Kyrie will be back. I, I agree, but we've seen the issues with his knee. He had the same issues in the yeah. 2015 NBA playoffs. He threatened that, like, surgery and stuff. Well, I'm talking about even the first year with LeBron where he missed the NBA finals because he had his knee injury. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he had it lingering all year, and he was just kind of iffy. It was a whole thing, but that could happen. But do we? Do you think we can put Vic's slump to a rest? Uh, yes. I think the last two games have uh, been nice and resurgent for him, and – uh, he had Tuesday off this past week when everyone else was practicing. He just did nothing. They could tell he was kind of hitting a wall and working hard. So uh, I think they did the right stuff there, and I and I like that they sat him out there, and I think that 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 put him on the right track. Yeah, and he he was ten of twenty, like I said tonight, two of five from three. So usual Vic stuff, and he was he was good against the Hawks too. Um, you know, I guess he wasn't that great against the Jazz, but I don't think anybody was. But <laughs> no, Turner was Turner was really good against the Jazz, and he was good tonight. Turner hit the game-winning shot. Turner did hit the game-winning shot and had some good defense down the stretch. Yeah, he forced 
he forced was a smarter went to the rim on the last play and forced he kind of or maybe with Rozier was one of the two he forced him into a bad shot it was Rozier also Rozier getting all the clutch shots very interesting yeah he they must I don't know why they trust him I guess he did kill the Pacers that one time <laughs> but That's uh true. let's talk some so Trevor it, Booker you want to do that? I would say I, I was going to talk some Trevor Booker. I was going to say I have one thing about Turner, if you don't mind. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's great. I was I was going to say they chose to run the last play for him, and that was like the first time I've ever seen them do that. And I don't – is that like – is this a sign that maybe they're getting more confidence in him because I, I don't know what it is, but it, it seems like this is probably the very first time in his career he's really – they said, last game, game tied, we're going to run the last play for you. Yeah, well, I don't know – uh, if the play was actually designed for him, but there was a switch and he had a good mismatch on the switch and that's why they went to him. And I think Nate probably said if they switch, throw it to him. So I guess in that way it was designed for him. But um, yeah, it was awesome to see them go to him and it was really awesome to see him finish the play. Yeah, I almost also wonder if it was, uh, you know, Vic has been, I would say almost like a mentor to Turner. Remember earlier in the season when Turner was struggling, was it when that Vic or that Vic came over to him. It might've been Bowie on too. We did the same thing, but Vic was kind of been a mentor to Turner in some sense. And so I wonder if Vic kind of saw it and just said, I'm going to, I trust Turner to win the game. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I like that he trusted him and I like that they had, they were mindful of the mismatch instead of just, you know, blindly running their final play just because it's what they drew up. That's smart moves from the players. And we got to talk about the third quarter in that game because they uh, won it 34 to 20. And that's really why they won the game. But I don't know if we need to recap any more than we did while we yeah. were Doing nah, I'm I'm just excited because we I think we're starting to finally see the Miles Turner that could be the like top 25 player in a year or two. Like we're starting to see how he gets there with like this mix of really good post play, you know, taking advantage of that matchups when teams try to go really small because he can back those guys down and also still being a lethal three point three because he was three for four from three today. Like just that was that's kind of the combination of how Turner becomes like the number two guy on this team next to Vic in two years and they can really compete. Yeah, exactly. And if they get this Turner for 80% of their games going forward, like that's crazy huge, especially with Simonis not being as good, which we might have to talk about later in the week if it continues. But yeah, he's just killing it. Yeah, Simonis, I almost wonder if he hit another kind of rookie sophomore wall, but we can talk about that later. We should talk about Trevor Booker, like you said. So Booker has now played two games with the Pacers. Three. Three games, sorry. He played three with the Pacers. He played... 14 minutes, 18, 19, so still limited action, sort of easing his way in. Uh, he had a pretty good game against the Hawks. You know, everybody did, so that was not surprising. <laughs> but yeah, he had an 8-8 eight, eight and eight for a guy off the bench. He played pretty he well. He was in the three. Uh, that was what was awesome. Yeah, and so against the Celtics, he was kind of in in that stretch. He had a four, then straight two stat line of rebound system block. So you seem to be really impressed with him. I know you texted me that you, like, really like him. Well, uh, you know, what he would have had to be – to like win me over was good on the glass. And like you said, eight rebounds against the Hawks and you could really see him putting in that effort in that game. And I, he got a few nice rebounds tonight and he's setting some hard screens a little too hard. He actually pushed Marcus smart down on one in this game, but he's just doing a lot of the nitty gritty stuff that some of the other Pacers bigs don't do as much. And I like that part about him. It's not that he's like so amazing. It's just that he's a change of pace that I enjoy. Yeah, well, we both know the Celtics are a bunch of floppers. And hence by the <laughs> that end. One, okay, that one was not a flop, though. Booker did get him. No, I, I know. But they, they like but to they sell it. The, the Celtics are, are a big sellers of injuries. They're, they should win the Academy Award for stuff. But um, that really doesn't really <laughs> matter. When I'm talking with Booker, I, I agree with you. I've liked what I've seen from him. He 
he's put it like he's come off the bench and he's not been a negative and it's really kind of good to see that because the way tj leaf was just such a negative coming off the bench it was really like you were afraid for leaf or even jefferson come off the bench but with booker it's like oh he comes in he's a net neutral at the worst and a positive sometimes yeah and well I think most of him being a positive is just that Leaf doesn't play. And, like, teams just don't go straight at Booker like they do with Leaf. And he actually rebounds and does, like, legitimate basketball stuff. So I like that. Yeah. And he, he actually plays defense in a way that's, like, yeah. not scary. You know, like, when you watch when you watch Leaf, like, you're scared for him to have a guy with the ball in front because he's just going to either, like, run by him and push him over. Like, Booker's sort of like a – almost like a like a, a brick where you just can't knock him over in some sense. But – I, I've liked Booker. I've liked his defense, especially just better than Leafs. But speaking of defense, there's one thing I want to hit before we talk about the game previews, game previews coming up, and that is your article about Vic's all defense chances. Um, there was a stat out there that defense is added. Vic was, I think, second in it. Now that's a stat that is influenced by the amount of minutes you play and all that stuff. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I retweeted, I think, is this good? And I didn't really know. But, you know, there's been some talk. You know, Vic has had, I think, right, this would be his, he had his 50th straight game as a seal tonight, I believe. Yep. yep. So, I mean, that's, a, I don't know how you take that stat in valuing defensive player of the year, but it, it's, a, it's an awesome stat. But he's been, I think, one of the best shooting guard defenders in the league, you know, probably behind like the Clay Thompsons, kind of, I think that was another level, but kind of behind the, the Thompson and Avery Bradley's the league. But he's been really awesome. He's definitely been one of the best two way guards in the NBA so far. But your article, I don't know if you want to hit some what kind of you talked about on it. Yeah, well, I just because of the steals is what really inspired me to look at it. And, you know, I've seen him do the on ball stuff all year. Um, but I something I didn't put in there that I do want to talk about is like a lot of times he doesn't guard the best player on the other team, which is interesting. Like I remember when they played the Raptors, he was guarding OG and they had Boyan on DeRozan. And then uh, when they played the Magic, he was guarding a uh, Jonathan Simmons for a stretch, like stuff like uh, when they play the Spurs, he guards Danny Green. Like, it, it, you know, it's just weird. Like, come at some of the matchups that he has, but uh, yeah, he's a, he's been really good as an on ball defender and he, he never gives up on the play. And, you know, he does get the steals. That's not, there's obviously more to defense than that, but yeah, his on ball defense has been really good. So, you know, I think if he can keep it up, he's got a good shot. You know, like you said, Clay Thompson probably going to be one of the guys, and I think Chris Paul is too, but the other two spots are up for debate, and there's not the long, the list of guys going for it's uh, pretty short. Yeah, so you actually hit a question I was going to have for you, and that is, as I like Vic off the ball, off the like the main, def- the main offensive player on defense, I think his defensive skill is that he's like a great roaming, like kind of safety and NFL type defender where he, where he's moving around and things where, you know, he can kind of like cut off passing and things that to make steals is when he is his most effective. I think he can. He's a fine one-on-one defender. You know, he's, you know, he's definitely somebody to like fear when he's guarding you one-on-one. But his best is when he is just like coming around, making those like blocks on guys that don't see him coming, or cutting off passing lanes to turn around into quick, fast breaks. That's where he's like at his strongest. Yeah, yeah, he he does just know the game really well. Um, but it, it's not like off-ball defense is weird to say because I think he's good at that roamer thing too. It's just like he helps one pass away a lot. And stuff like that that you can't do. Like the J.R. Smith clip I had in there, he just was terribly out of position. Yeah, he also sometimes uh, gets kind of caught in the center and then tries to recover by making a huge like leap out to the defender and gets called yeah. for those fouls and those three yeah. point shots. Like more often than I think is con- like I usually see from guys, it seems like he gets called for that three point shot foul a ton. But overall, obviously, I, I think just his ability 
to sort of be like just kind of the the utility defender, just doing every little extra thing that you need right is what makes him his best. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I, I really, after doing the research, think uh, he should be on the second team. I don't think he will end up getting there, but I think he should be. So then who are your, your four? You just a lot of research. Who are the four guys who are going to make it? Yeah, my play? four, if I had to pick right now, would be Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Vic, and Drew Holiday. So then who's the fifth guy out that Pacers fans should be watching for to kind of First take this? First guy out? Uh, oh, man. Ben Simmons, maybe, uh, or Avery Bradley. But Avery Bradley's been not as good. Yeah, and Bradley's – I mean, that's also a thing where he switched teams and it's probably been a weird transition. Yeah. Simmons got a quali- he's going to qualify as a point guard, right? Yeah, that's what I don't know because if he's a guard, he's probably the biggest threat because he's been really good on D. Yeah, I'm, I guess Chris Paul has now put enough games where his 15 or whatever game injury doesn't really matter anymore, right? Right. Yeah, and Clay Thompson obviously deserves it. So, well, another one is is Jimmy Butler. How many how many games does he end up with? Because isn't, he isn't Butler a forward though? No, they he's a guard, he was a guard for All Star voting. That's weird because remember he he was All NBA as a forward last year. That's why I'm yep. thinking because he stole uh, Paul George's spot. Yep. Yeah, they call him a guard and Wiggins the three in Minnesota, so he could be one to watch out for. Well, if Ben Simmons is one of the guys you should be looking for then that's great because the Pacers played Philly this week, and we're about to do a couple game previews. All right, so the Pacers have three games coming up this week. They play at home against Philly, I believe. They go, or no, at, yeah, at, at Philly, home against Toronto, and then back out to Washington. Three playoff teams. It continues a stretch of four games against, let's say, four of the best seven teams in the East, give or take, uh, depending on where Milwaukee falls. But a continuation of just, of just a brutal schedule. But they pull off tonight's game. They'll have to pull off Philly's game. Looking towards Philadelphia, you have the numbers, Tony? I do have the numbers. But before I do that, I would like to ask Marina a question. Go ahead. Coolest team name, 76ers, Raptors, Wizards. The Raptors, because I like dinosaurs. Also, Adam's been on like a serious friends kick. So I'm thinking about like Ross being like, I am a paleontologist. Oh, man, you're really, really making me look not so great. So it's just a lot. I like thinking about the Raptors. You're really making me look really bad right now. Also, when I think of the 76ers, I just think of the 49ers, and I don't like having two numerals followed by let. I don't know. I don't like it. Two and Wizards just makes me think of my dog, so I like the Raptors. I wish your dog could be on the podcast. It's so cute. I wish he could too, but he would <laughs> be so unhappy. If you want to see Marina's dog, follow me on Twitter. It's the first picture in my profile, and I'm sure it's, I have lots of retweets that's of it. called his Twitter picture. It's his twit pic. This is what Marina's here for. Uh, the 76ers are fifth in pace, 16th in offense, and fifth in defense. Uh, they're really good at a lot of stuff because they have a top 10 player in the NBA and the best rookie in basketball. Uh, yeah. They, so you, so for all the Jazz fans out there, as in our boss, David Locke, who seems to <laughs> Tony is saying Ben Simmons is the rookie of the year over Donovan Mitchell. I am. Just side note that. <laughs> but... So Philly, the Patriots are one and one against Philly. So I mean, game. it's a huge, huge game. Huge game. Um, well, how how far apart are they right now? If you have the standings up, I'll get it up. Um, so Philly is thirty five and twenty nine. The Pacers with today's win moved to thirty nine and twenty eight. So that's like a two three and a half game. Two games. Two games. That's it right now. Yep. Uh, okay, but the- oh, so you need a tiebreaker over the team that you're only two games ahead of. What's the Pacers' record now? I thought they were 39. 38. So they're three wins ahead and one loss ahead, which is a total of four. So four divided by two is two games. Did the Philly game against the Nets just finish? 
Yeah, I, I did. Know. Okay, that's my bad. Yeah, you're right. Two games. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just huge to get a tiebreaker with a team that you're that close to. And I think this this is our last game of the year against them, right? Yes. So this is the. Is it? Is it all, I'm not no, confident this, about that now that I say that. This is the last one. This is the last one. They only play Philly three times. They play they play Washington four times. Um, no, they play Washington only three times. They played Miami three times, and they end up playing Celtics four times. And yeah, they played them three times. I know for a fact. Yeah, so this is a massive, massive game. Winning this tiebreaker would be huge because that would give them it over Milwaukee and Steph Philly with a chance to still get it against Washington and Miami. So that would be really nice. Uh, and I, and I, I, uh, I don't know how easy it's going to be in Philly, but uh, it's just a massive game, and I think they're going to be up for it at least. So we both think I don't that Philly is probably the worst matchup the Pacers could play in the first round if they yep. get one of the home court abandoned spots. Hundred percent. I mean, I think obviously we agree like the Raptors would be a terrible matchup, probably the Celtics, maybe not the Celtics actually, but but like if they were to end up playing at like a three four spot, playing Philly at the six would be just the worst. The absolute worst. Yes. Yeah. So the dream is the three six matchup with Washington. That's the dream. Yeah, or a four five against Washington even. Anything yeah. with Washington. Anything with Washington is the dream because you don't have you're facing like not either Giannis, who is like one of the top five players in the league, or Embiid, who kind of can be up there when he's actually healthy and playing right. Yes, exactly. You get sort of you get you still get you play teams that have you play Wizards who have good players, but they don't have any like top ten players. Right, exactly. And Wall was hurt, so who knows what he'll be. Yeah. Um, so but with Philly, uh they were on that tear right before the all-star break, but struggling a little more recently uh they just lost to miami twice i think in the last week and got blown out um by the wizards a couple weeks ago or right after the break so they're kind of hanging around where they uh their record is now they don't they're not like amazing um robert covington really struggling to shoot from three that's going to be something to look out for because if they can uh, not guard him as much they'll have some help to stop Embiid and simmons from going crazy yeah and i i actually think so i heard this on the bill simmons podcast which he made a really good point was that Simmons, you know, you expect Simmons to hit this rookie wall at some point, but because Simmons didn't make the all-star game, it sort of has a chip on his shoulder, so he might not actually hit the rookie wall. This is about the time you expect a guy like Simmons, you know, to play about 60 games in is when the rookies sort of fade because they haven't played this much, but Simmons seems to just be fine. I mean, he's rolling like always. He doesn't play like a rookie. He's a stud. Like he well, can He's also do- technically a sophomore. You know, he just didn't play last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't really care. Um, but he has been just – he's so good at everything. Like, he's a really good defender. I mean, he can't shoot for a lick, so I shouldn't yeah, say – Yeah, so he's not good at everything. I shouldn't say everything, but he's a really – just he's so influential with his passing, and he can attack the rim, and he's such a good athlete. So I uh, I do worry about him because – see, with Embiid, like, I know he's get better than Turner, but I think Turner has, like, a chance to stop him every once in a while. But I don't know who can stop Simmons – yeah, I think with Simmons, I think on the defensive end, you don't have to worry about that much unless you're just going to let him just ultimately just kill you. I mean, like you can just let him kind of like, like, like kill going to the rim. But if you don't let him do that, I think you can play almost anybody on him, right? I mean, I think they played Collison on him. I think they switched to playing – I'm trying to remember the second game. I think they switched to playing more Bojan on him. But you can almost play anybody on him as long as you just keep him in front of you. Yeah, but that's hard to do. He's so fast. Well, and with Turner in the back, you have a little bit of like a – a safety mechanism in some sense where like if you get beat you have Turner there to sort of back you up yeah that, that worked out in the second game but in the first no Turner didn't play the first game that's right yeah well no that was his first game back Turner did play but he played off the bench he and was start that's what it was that's what it was 
But also don't forget uh, that the last time they played, those Sixers run a back-to-back. Yeah, it was Embiid's first back-to-back game. Yes. Um, but they're they're just a, they just have some solid talented guys like Saric is raining in the threes now and you know JJ Redick killed the Pacers that first time so and they have Bellinelli and Ilya Sova added to the team so I really they have a lot of good layers of of talent and it'll be the Trevor Booker revenge game just just a lot to take in <laughs> so a couple things to just check off like boxes it is not a back to back for Philly so that's <laughs> not gonna be an issue and um, I had another box in my head but now I I blanked on it. Well, Check it's not about the back, and I don't remember what the other one was, but it's not better for the Pacers either. Who is going to be your butcher on on Philly? Is it going to be Embiid, or do you have another one? Yeah, it's Embiid, just because he's a top ten player in the sport, and he's so good at everything. I see. I almost want to say JJ Redick. He had his best game <laughs> against the Pacers. He had thirty one against the Pacers last time they played. Uh, but I, you know, I'm just kind of copying out to not say Embiid. Redick has been. <laughs> I don't know. Reddick's been a really good offensive player. He's a player I'd love to see on the Pacers next year, playing in like a spot next to Vic or off the bench. You know, Reddick is a free agent, so JJ maybe come to Indiana. But uh, that's just a side note. But I think Reddick could kill them if they just kind of lose track of him like they did last the first time they played. Yeah, he's so good at shooting. And they send him off of like a, a thousand screens of possession. So he's so, so hard to stop. Yeah, I mean, they literally run a better – I say a better version of he's faster than Bojan, so it's like they run the same thing the Pacers run for Bojan, except Redick is faster, so he slips slips around faster, faster, and kind of gets more open almost. Yeah, all the time, and and he's his release is so quick and pure that he just drains it. I, yeah. I that's a good one. They a lot of their starters really would be a good pick. Anyone, I would probably venture to say anyone but Covington is not a terrible pick of the starters. Yeah, I don't know about you, but. Are you just? I just hate Jason Reddick in general. I mean, like, not because as a person, I'm sure he's fine as a person, but the Duke guy, and I'm not a Duke fan. I'm a Go Syracuse been determined today. I knew I was trying to get that in at some point. Uh, but uh, but uh, they, they snuck in on the bubble. That's another conversation for another day. It's not a conversation at all. Marina, you got you to let me be. Um, but JJ Reddick, I just the don't. Ball state, did Ball State make it, Marina? Do they ever? <laughs> But they're good. They're, did Indiana make it, Tony? I don't think they did. They Ooh, did they did not. Don't come at Marina. Anyway. She'll just throw stats back at you. Um. She's throwing sand in my face. Exactly. I like Jaredic at Duke just because uh, I liked his free throw streak. But that's fair. I, I just he's just I like one of the players I hate. Just as like a, I just I just hate him. I don't know why. I don't really have many of those. I, 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 Julia, Matthew Delvadova. Um, Marcus Marcus Smart might join that list soon if he keeps up his BS. Yeah, I don't like either of the Morris twins. I like the Morris twins. I just don't like dirty players. That's the Morris twins. They aren't. Eh, they're all, yeah, they're not great. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're not great. I, I think one. Not as bad as like. They're not as bad as Delhi or Zaza. I'm not even close. Yeah, I don't know Zaza. I think it's too much. Hate, especially for what happened in that in that Warriors game where he clearly got clipped in the back of the leg when he fell. Yeah, that one. I, no, that one I don't care about as much. He just does some trash stuff. Though. Yeah, he does. Um, so let's let's move to X factors. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is what we do in this podcast. We, we tangent off and then we bring it back in. Um, is your X factor Vic as always, or is there some other one? Uh, I'll let you pick first because I have another one that's non-Vic. Oh, well, mine and Marina's are the same. Yeah. Oh, well, well, so is mine, too, so never mind. I'll pick That's another. easy. 
Yeah, you. We need to preface it if we have the same one as the X factor that isn't the same as the other person's. If you go second, well, you you can go first. So give your reason for Turner. Yes, uh, I'm going Turner because his hot streak has been huge for the defense. Uh, he can make Embiid move around and uh, exert energy on both ends of the court. And if the three ball is falling, he's just so useful for stretching the court. So just a lot of reasons. Yeah, that was what I kind of had. I I think it's the same thing with how he gets Gobert, where if Turner hits, knocks down his first few jumpers and forces Embiid out of the rim area, it changes the whole game because it allows Vic to go to the rim, and it just it changes everything. So that's why I was picking a pick Turner, but as I don't to pick a non-Turner one, and no, I guess I'd so. like a non-Vic one, I would probably pick Bojan. Okay. Why? Just because I think he's going to be guarded by Redick, and that's a favorable matchup for him. It's like I yeah. said, it's the same kind of player. I don't think Redick is some superb defender. If Covington's on him, might be another story, but if he gets the Redick matchup, um, I guess they could play Simmons on him, but I doubt they'll do that. I think Simmons will guard whoever starts a point guard, Collison or Joseph, but I think that could be fair for Bojan. Bojan's like, like we've talked about before, it's just playing so well recently. If he gets just a few open looks, he'll he'll be awesome and he'll have his get his. And he can get to the rim on Reddick too. Yeah, I worry about just Embiid and being in his way if he gets to the rim. Right. That's my big. I'm not sure with any guy, any of the Pacer players, where I think they're gonna have to play sort of the way they played the Jazz, except not shoot one of 18 from three and 38 percent overall in the field. Like have to rely on their mid range, which they're one of the best mid range shooting teams in the league. So you know they're nice. They're gonna hit 50 percent of their mid rangers and win games that just that way. Yeah, that'd be a nice way to beat this team. Also, just got a, a message from one of my buddies in the in the Celtics media, and he said Al Jefferson just walked in and saw all the food in the media room, and his face lit up. He will not stop talking about it. <laughs> also, <laughs> low key, Al Jefferson re- revenge game against the Celtics. Yeah, didn't play, but revenge game. Didn't play, but that was a revenge game. <laughs> well, you you know it. He's happiest when he sees them the food that he didn't play in the game. Oh, makes it, man. He he didn't even play garbage time anymore because they had it in the Hawks and it was like TJ was out there and Poitras and stuff. Al does not get any time anymore. But if we're talking about, oh my gosh, sorry, hang on. Uh, if we're talking about Al Jefferson, it's time to go to the Raptors. Yes, it is. We're gonna do scores at the end. <laughs> we'll do our prediction at the end. Uh, so, do you have the Raptors numbers up, or do you want me to? No, so I just said, oh my gosh, because on B Ball Ref, when you go to a team's like team page, it has these like green. It has their schedule with like these bars that go up or down if they win. Yeah, the Raptors have a ton of high green bars. The Raptors, yeah, their last like twenty games are just so many high green ones. <laughs> I just yeah. like Whoa. their whole season. Look at it, just all these super high. They green are, ones. Yeah, they're on a rip recently. Uh, they're. First in the East, and they look like the best team. Fourth in offense, in, or excuse me, fourth in defense, third in offense in the whole league. That's crazy. 14th in pace. They just are clicking on all cylinders, man. They are a stud of a team. All right. I want to look up what do you think the Warriors and Rockets ratings are? Um, I think the Warriors are first on D. But I or no, no, not this year. I don't know. I know the Rockets are first in offense. I bet the Warriors are second in offense. And then on defense, I bet the Warriors are like eighth and the Rockets are like 12th. So – the Warriors are second and tenth, so you were about there. Okay. And the Rockets, because I mean the, you know the Raptors are a top five team in both. That usually bodes well for, you know what I mean. It usually spells finals run for teams if they're top yeah, five. Yeah. Uh, you know Jonas Valanciunas is hitting threes now, so he's actually like a serviceable starting center. And Fred Van Vliet is like apparently a starting caliber point guard. They have just chilling on the bench, and OG's good, and CJ Miles is good. like everyone is just it's all working for him. Yeah, so the rap, the Rockets are first and ninth. So usually oh, top one teams, off on both. That's annoying. Um, 
But like you were saying, the question is with their bench. So their bench is super valuable in the regular season. Yeah, I agree. How valuable is it? I agree. I know exactly. I know exactly what you're going to say, and I totally agree because when the rotation shortens, that's what matters. And like, who are their their three guys off the bench in the playoffs? Will probably be like Van Vliet, Jakob Pertle, and CJ Miles. Yeah, Um, I think Miles is the eighth guy. I was thinking that. Yeah, so you know that that's fine, but it's it, you know in the regular season when you go ten deep and you got like Daylon Wright out there and he's better than whoever the other guy's tenth guy is, and you know they, they just have the Pascal Siakam's really good off the bench too. Like they have those matchups one, but they don't. They're not as uh, big of a margins on the one through eight. So there are two previous times I've seen teams sort of this deep in the East in the LeBron era. Uh, the first one, we'll, we'll go back with it. So the second one would be the Atlanta Hawks in fourteen fifteen. Yep. They were about eight or nine deep. I mean, that starting lineup for those guys made the All-Star game. They won 60 games, and it it didn't mean squat in the playoffs. They got they got, they got beat. Six. They got to six with the Cavs. That's not awful. They did. I swear they lost in five. They got to six, yeah. Well, it was it, it was a 3-1-6 where they yes, pulled out yeah. the fifth game. The other team, obviously, is the Pacer team, who actually was better the year before than the year they actually were the one seed in the East. They did the same thing. They got to six games where they were probably nine deep, but then they kind of messed with it and brought in Turner and brought in Bynum. That screwed things up. But so in the LeBron era, being nine or 10 deep hasn't really boded well for any teams, but this might be the one year where it does because LeBron doesn't have anybody else. Like you can basically the Raptors will win every other matchup except for the top matchup. Yeah, for sure. And and that, that'll be interesting to watch for them in the playoffs because I, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess, but I, I'm, I, I'm confident that they can be better than the playoffs this year than they have been in the past. And DeRozan has been so good in the clutch. They at least they know who their go-to clutch guy is. I feel like with the Hawks and Pacers, it was like, is PG the clutch guy yet? It was he's so young, you didn't you thought he was, but you weren't sure. And then with the Hawks, they never really had the guy. But like DeRozan, you know, is the go-to guy at the end of games, and that's that's a valuable thing in the playoffs. Yes, and he's been awesome this year. Yeah, I mean, he, we talk about just that that Rockets uh, Raptors game from Saturday where he was awesome. I mean, awesome. it was maybe the best game of the season so far. I, that's people are tweeting out at least. Yeah, I loved it. I was watching it. I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, so the Raptors have been – last time the Pacers played the Raptors, I believe they played them three times already? Yes. No, just twice, right? Just twice. I don't know. Dang. They, I they play, you're right, just twice. I'm, I'm imagine, they play them two more times today. They play them on, when, or on Thursday and then another time later in the year. The first time was that game actually Tony and I went to yeah. where Lance basically Tony. won the game in the fourth quarter. <laughs> With that amazing, I think he, he went five of seven from three in the last 10 minutes. And our fellow Locked on Raptors guy was freaking out. Um, <laughs> like, he, like you're, you're doing what they want them to do. We're letting Lance shoot threes, yet they're just winning. Like, it was that kind of reaction. And then the other time they lost by five in a game, Vic played extremely well, but they just couldn't pull out. Yeah. That Lance game was crazy. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the Raptors are, like, clicking so much now that I don't think the Pacers have much of a chance even at home. I really don't. Wow, that's I don't know. I I feel like the the Pacers, at least Lance is under the Raptor skin the same <laughs> way under LeBron's skin. That's fair. Like maybe that's possible. And like this is the team that's seen the Raptors it, I mean, I guess they only play them once in the playoffs, but it feels like they played them so much, even though the roster was turnover and all that stuff. But it I I feel like they can they can keep it close and competitive. I don't know why. I mean Maybe I just have a, a warped view of the Raptors because I think him as the team that just constantly blows playoff games, stuff like that, and they're just maybe a different team now. But I sort of had that view that this team can compete with them, but who, maybe not. Just maybe not. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, the, the way they've been playing, like I just don't know how the Pacers would stop them at all. 
their offense is too good recently. I mean, I think the game plan is you put Vic on DeRozan, you start Joseph, or you play Joseph more minutes, and you just you hope you can sort of force Lowry in the way that George Hill used to kind of screw with Lowry, and then you hope you win down low with Turner. I, mean, I like a strategy. It might not work, but it could. <laughs> I think that's what they'll do. I don't think it will work. So then, so then is your butcher Lowry or DeRozan, or is it some <laughs> random person off the bench? You know my MO is to pick the random guy. No, it's DeRozan. <laughs> you, you don't want to pick CJ Miles? No. The former Pacer who I believe it's what, four or five games ago went like, I'm going to look up his stats. I think he went eight of ten four games ago where he was just off the charts against somebody. Uh, he went nine, six of nine from three and 20 points. Not picking DeRozan. He's uh, got the height on whoever he's going to be guarding him and the speed and the athletic and the everything, unless Vic guarding him. Then he doesn't have that, but they'll have the height on Vic, and he's just so good. And now that he is at least a competent three-point shooter, he, he just has it all, and he, he's been awesome. So it's him for me. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's honestly going to be DeRozan, like you said, but I think there's a chance one of these bench guys just has a really nice night. I mean, it could be Miles if he's guarded by Lance at all or some, you know, somebody who gets caught sleeping because, you know, we've seen at Lance where he just gets caught looking and get, the ball all the time and not watching his defender. I mean, we saw, was it Doug McDermott just kill him when they played Dallas? And I think Miles could do the same thing if that happens. But I, I agree. It's probably, Rose, the Rose probably going to get his 25 he gets. And the difference is going to be whether, you know, Lowry's a really good game and whether they let one of the big guys like Valanciunas go off. Oh, man. We got to quit doing these so late in the day, man. I'm exhausted. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you wanted to do this during the game. So that's why. No, I was busy all day. Exactly. Uh. Tony, yawning on a podcast, that's a, a tradition like unlike anything other. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed that I do this so much. Um, so let's let's move to X Factors. We can push through this. Um yes. if you can. X Factors. I'm gonna go first this time so you don't steal mine. Yep. Even though it's an obvious one. So Vic had 36 points the last time they played the Raptors back in December. I remember it was really kind of around the time Vic was reaching his kind of like, oh, crap, this guy is like going to be an all-star kind of level. It was like the start of where he had 36 against them. Then he had 33 against the Cavaliers and 47 against the Nuggets. It's all in like a four or five-game stretch. But I think Vic going against DeRozan is sort of like Vic going against Kyrie where he wants to prove that he's as good as that guy and he's like one of the best guards in the NBA. And that's his opportunity to really – because if he's guarded by DeRozan, which I'm not sure he will be, but if he gets switched on DeRozan, he'll be able to take advantage of that. And I think he'll just have an awesome game scoring-wise. I don't know if that – Translates to a win, but it, I think a lot into a 30 point Vic game. I like that pick. Um, so I have kind of two, which is lame. Um, Go for but it, I, want, I guess. I want them to pick on OG and Obi. Just I know he's a really good on ball defender, but he's a rookie, so make him move around a lot. So that would make me say Boyan, but my actual answer is going to be Corey Joseph um, because, like we talked about, their bench is so good. That's where they get their advantage. If he can do a better job than most uh, guys do on Fred Van Vliet. That would slow down their second unit quite a bit and could uh, be a difference maker. And, and it's a revenge game for him. Yeah, I would say good. Remember to point out that is it a revenge game? I guess they traded him, right? We they got love rid of him. Revenge games here. CJ Miles versus Corey Joseph is, is great content. I mean, we literally call guys who played like, I think we when Lance played against Memphis for like <laughs> 20, we called that a revenge game. So everything a revenge game for us. But that's something to watch though is the CJ Miles, because Miles did not play last time they played in Indianapolis. I believe his wife. Had a baby the, the day of yeah. or the day before yes, the game. The baby. So it's, it's his return to Indianapolis. Could be emotional. Who knows? You know, and Pacer fans like CJ Miles. He was a liked guy around here. So it won't be any animosity with any of the 
security guards or the reporters, or whatever. Like he's liked around here, but it's something to watch. Animosity. Look at you. <laughs> I know the SAT words are flowing out. <laughs> the Wizards. Uh, sorry, I just pulled no, that. We should uh, move. I, that, that was my transition to the Wizards. <laughs> so in their last two games, they won by 19 and then lost by 27 the next night. Uh, so <laughs> who knows where they're at? But this Pacers game for the Wizards is their only game in an, a six-day stretch. They have a back-to-back and then two days off, Pacers game three days off. So they are going to be very well rested. That's really worrisome because the Pacers, I think, will be exhausted because they'll in this weird stretch and they're going to travel, have, travel, travel. And they're going to have, I feel like they're going to have a, some more just dud games. That's been a theme of this podcast because of the, the Utah game, but they're going to have more of these like bad games every so often because they're just traveling so much. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna, they're going to be dead when they get to DC. And, um, you know, if they get killed by Sadoransky again, uh, you know, it's going to be disappointing when they're tired. So the Wizards are 10th in offense and 14th in defense. Oh, my bad. Well, no, since you stole my transition, I'm going to steal your. 16th in pace. I'm going to steal your numbers. 16th in pace. John Wall is not going to play. No. So, and what about that? Bradley Beal has been great. Um, they played him pretty recently. So they played him, I think it was last weekend, actually. We did a podcast during it where they pulled it out. So it was awesome on Beal in that game. That was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. And so, and that, that's probably, Beal is probably the, uh, the butcher, if not Porter, one of those two guys, I'm guessing. It's what you have. One what? of those two. You have either a Beal or Porter as your as your as your butcher. Oh, um, yes, I have Porter. I have Porter. Both um I think Porter had a pretty good game last time they played the Pacers. Beal was really bad. They held I think Beal shot eight of twenty seven last time they played. So that's another thing to watch. Another, I guess one of the X factors that's gonna be watched is probably Corey Joseph's defense, right? Yep. Same so, as last time. Yeah. I'm sort of trying to run through this because Tony, you can see, is fading late in the podcast. <laughs> um, well, we also previewed them pretty recently. We did a whole thing on them. So if you listen to us for a while, I know if you're new out there, you probably haven't heard it, but we've been, we talked about the Wizards a bunch. They played them, what, now three times in the past month, give or take. So we've talked about them a bunch. And they're not as fatigued as the Hawks. Which and it's the Bojan revenge game. Oh, okay. Another revenge game. Bojan's had two great games against them, though. I leaned in like six inches for my mic to say that for some reason. <laughs> So I, I'm going to pull Bojan against them. Last time he had 20 points, and the time before that when he was the only starter, he had 29. He's a good good guy, good player. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying he'll be, like, the guy. But I picked Otto for my butcher because he gets free on Bojan a lot, and he's a great player uh, when he's free. And uh, I think his defense is important. And Porter's kind of slower, so if he can get – like, I think they, that their matchup is just who can get free the most. <laughs> because that will be the player who has the more effective game. Oh, I think the matchup is Beal versus Odipo. Whatever one gets to the rim more and gets to playing his kind of style. Because I think last time Beal just really struggled to, to put the ball to scoring because I don't know what it was. He just couldn't hit his open threes. But, you know, Vic, Vic consistently got to the rim and played really well. I think you said it was the most like efficient game he's had in a while. I mean, he had – you tweeted in the first half where he had like 19 points on nine shots. I mean, he had just an extremely – efficient game so i think that's kind of the matchup in my opinion yeah that's a good one there's a lot of decent ones too because i like gortat as a screener so turner's gonna be moving around a lot there's a lot to lot to take in with yeah and turner did a really good job against gortat last time and now we have another chance for the kelly Ubre lance stevenson fight that almost happened last time no i don't think someone one of them didn't play or something last time i think i don't remember want to hear it when i see something crazy hear something crazy 
I do. What agree. do you think Vic's offensive rating was in the last game? The Celtics game or the last Wizards game? Last, last Wizards game. Probably like 130. 144. Jeez. And a 100 defensive rating. So like both ends. That's crazy. That is. Yeah. That, that's insane. For the amount of minutes he played too, that's insane. Yeah, that's that's wild. They uh, they don't have an answer for him. He's a good pick for the X Factor. So over under one and a half wins in the week. Oh, man. Put me on the spot here. I'll go under. I do that every every time. Uh, I think I, I think I, I I'm gonna go over. Why do you why do you go under? I, I'll tell you why I go over after telling why you uh, go under. Who, who, are they, who are they gonna lose mostly to? Mostly the mostly the travel, really. And, I mean, combine that with the quality of opponents, and it's just gonna be tough. So if they're if you're picking them to win one game or no, or no games, I'm picking them to win just the Philly game. Okay, so I think they're winning the Philly game, and I think they're able to recover to beat the Wizards. I don't know if they beat the Raptors. I don't think they'll beat the Raptors. That's probably the one. Their only home game is the one I'm least confident of them winning. Yeah, but we also do this prediction thing a lot. And last time, I think there was one week where we picked them to beat the Mavs and the Hawks, but then lose to the Wizards. But then they beat the Wizards, Bucks, and like a three game stretch, but then lost. So we we're off all the time. It's yeah, basically we're off a lot. Yeah. Like knowing us, they'll win all three of these games and lose to three garbage teams in a week. <laughs> that would be uh I mean, I guess if I if they had to do that, it'd be cool to beat these teams they need the tiebreaker against, right? Yeah, I think if they have to win, they need to win two games. It's the Philly Washington one. The Raptors one is a it's a good win, but it's nothing important. Exactly. But so what now with I'm mean, last thing before we finish up this podcast. So they've they're what 39 and 28 right now. So they've got 15 games left. Yep. And so and they are not 15. Yeah, 15, right? So they need 11 of those 15 to get the 50 wins. Is it not still sure. not possible? It's over. It's over. <laughs> 50 wins is over. If, if only they had beat both the Mavs and the Hawks, they would be on pace to get 50 wins. They'd be close. They'd also be at, at 41, which is half of them. Uh, also, remember when we were going to do the Pistons watch? Well, they are now uh, like nine games ahead of the Pistons with 15 to go. So Yeah, so good news is the Pacers are going to make the playoffs. Like, they're going to make the playoffs. They're in. No, also. The Cavs right now are losing by two to Lakers with six minutes left. So that, yeah. that could happen too. So three seed is open. Three seed is open. It could happen. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I spilled it out. You listened to our last podcast when we did it together last week, but uh, about their their path to get the three seed to get to the East Finals. I spilled it out, but it wasn't that one to hear it. Uh, anything else you got, Tony? Anything you're writing this week? Um, yes, Trevor Booker stuff. I want to keep up with what he's done so far. And I had one other thing, but I can't remember what it was. But two cool things for sure. Well, Marina just pointed out a tweet that you're writing about Trevor Booker, which I did not see, but she saw, apparently. I like to yeah. stalk you. Marina blocked me this week. so That's not true. <laughs> uh, Marina, you write anything this week? Marina, but... <laughs> That's my homework. Okay. Uh, check out Marina's homework and her guide. Um, I'm writing about Lance Stevenson. That'll come out on Wednesday, like always. Marina, what is your major? Public relations with a minor in sports marketing. Hey, what do you want to do? Do you know? Uh, do PR for the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, wow. That'd be fun. All right, Tony, this Q&A is over. You need to go to bed because you sound tired. <laughs> Sorry, he likes me more than you like we me. We can do a Marina Q&A when we have not three games I'm going on for. I think almost. This podcast an- has lasted like three hours. Yeah, we're going on almost an hour and a half now. And we're going to be on Dash. This podcast is going to be on Dash Radio on Tuesday. Um, we'll probably have to cut it down a little bit, obviously. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll be back this week, obviously doing previous interviews no. of all the games this week. We'll figure out our schedule and tweet that out sometime on Sunday. So if there's a podcast, you'll be able to look at it. That's been it for today's Locked on Pacers podcast. <laughs> Have a great rest of your day.